1: Welcome into the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, a part of the IDP Army Podcast Network. We are into week five of the college football slate. Um, I cannot believe we're already here at week five. We we are moving way too fast in this football season. I, I, I need more college football in my life, so we just need to slow down quite a bit. But the picture is starting to get clearer. The, the puzzle is starting to put itself together. We're starting to see the pieces of this 2023 draft class fall into place and i am could not be more ecstatic to talk about it but first let's tailgate right welcome 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 into the dynasty tailgate i am happy to have you all grab a chair Grab a drink. Grab some hot dogs. I don't know. What a, burgers, delegate food, chips. Grab some and let's let's huddle up and talk about this past week, week four of the college football slate. Let's let's rewind a little bit before we get on to week five. Um, there was some really good things that happened in week four that I think are very promising for the draft class coming up here. And mainly that would be the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks of this next class are looking phenomenal. So in this past week, we had two go up against each other. So I, as you remember last year, um, if you were listening to this podcast last year, I appreciate it. If you're new, well, welcome in and listen to a story that I had from last year. Um, but we listen, we watched Malik Willis go up head-to-head against Matt Corral in what we thought at the time was the one quarterback versus the two quarterback. And it w- this was going to be some heavyweight, big, build match you know matchup that was going to be you know something that was really going to set things apart and we were really going to be able to tell who after that game but turned out neither quarterback was the first round quarterback and the matchup did not play out at all Malik Willis was way overwhelmed in that game as most players that you know most teams that would be at liberty it would be against Old Miss but this year to kind of run that back a little bit we have the Tennessee versus Florida matchup which is Hendon Hooker um, the fifth-year quarterback who was a transfer from Virginia Tech versus Anthony Richardson from Florida. Um, Hinden Hooker looks amazing. He is a Heisman candidate officially. Like he officially planted his flag. Now he's still got to pass the ultimate test, which will be Georgia. Um, I can, you know, we can only expect so much from him in that game. I already feel like the expectations are going to be way too high, but he's already shown thus far just through these first couple of games that he has the capability to turn on that next level. He is making his team better. It's not his team making him better, which is an improvement we needed to see from Hooker after last season because the Tennessee team was good last season, but they weren't great. And this Tennessee team has a chance to be great, and it's built around him. He has taken his – game up from this level to this level and for the audio audience just realize i had my hand down low and then i raised it up a bit when that said that second part so he is just really taking his game up a notch and i am excited to see it he he is moving up in my in my board he cannot crack the top two you're not going to crack the top two of cj stroud and bryce young but that three spot is on the table in my opinion it's very you know Will Levis is on there, which we'll get to him in a second. And Anthony Richardson, I I still well, – we'll just get to him now. Anthony Richardson showed probably his best game of the season against Tennessee. Um, They got down in that game two touchdowns at one point. Well, it was only like 11 points. Um, But he was able to kind of get them back in it. It it wasn't a complete – like train wreck like after they got down two scores a lot of people were just like well they're not gonna be able to come back here it's not you know it's not it really what are you gonna get from anthony richardson in this in this position but he was able to get them back in it um after a couple of lackluster performances and well he had that amazing Florida. the florida had that amazing game against utah where he really showed kind of the athletic ability but this game he was actually able to show his arm too he was completing you know he didn't complete all of his passes though so there was a couple misses in there but for the most part he looked the part. And I think that in this game, he showed what he's capable of in the long run as a quarterback. And I think that that is what he's needed to show um, from the last couple of weeks because he's, he was completing intermediate throws. We, we only thought long bomb or short little out that was you know only going for four or five yards. But he was able to complete those intermediate throws that were able to put his players in the best positions. I will say his wide receivers are not amazing they're good don't get me wrong justin shorter for example very good wide receiver they're not great though and that that's a part of the problem is if he had one good player on his team that was able to elevate him even further i think that we would be seeing a little bit more from him so i think once he gets to the next level at the nfl level um he will be able to show what he is more capable of with his arm because the talent around him doesn't always you know doesn't always show itself and that's not necessarily his fault, but you know it is what it is. So moving on, Malik Cunningham. They had a layup game against South Florida, mind you, but Malik Cunningham was able to put five touchdowns in the end zone. And I'm starting to like more and more of of him. He just if if he bulks up a little bit, if he if he gets up to that 200 pound range, um, doesn't necessarily all have to be muscle. It could just be a little little meat on the bones. Um, I think that he's going to get even more consideration because there's just there's a special aspect about him and I think that you know he had his best season last year when he ran for over a thousand yards and this season he his legs are still a very dynamic weapon he's able to show week in week out including this week he was able to you know run in a 20 yard touchdown and he was able to do that with ease. I think you're going to be able to find a use for that at the next level. I, I, I really, really, truly do. Um, you know, I guess we'll see. But uh, Will Levis as well. Will Levis at Kentucky is just really great. I've seen, and I know Reese Davis did not technically mean it this way, but he have seen the comp to Josh Allen a little bit. He is not Josh Allen. I know that that is kind of a – you know how he's built how he moves how he acts like I can see the the frame of the Josh Allen argument but I don't you know let's not get carried away with exactly how good Will Levis is because I think that might be a little disingenuous to him however if you're keeping count at home that is CJ Stroud first round Bryce Young first round Will Levis first round Anthony Richardson first round and Hendon hooker. I think we can finally cement his spot. First round. That's five first round quarterbacks. I think, I think we've got five right now. Now, whether we get more, I don't know. I, I really, let's just get to the bad, kind of the falling off part of this, uh, the quarterback class. Uh, we'll start with the top with five, Tyler Van Dyke. They had a very embarrassing loss to middle Tennessee state this last week. Um, where he was benched, yeah, quote unquote benched. He he technically they were just getting blown out, didn't want to get him hurt. I get it. You don't want to you don't want to hurt your quarterback. So they put in, I think his name's Jeff Garcia. He was the backup and he, he gave a little spark, but it wasn't still wasn't what you needed to see. Um if I had to make a guess right now, Tyler Van Dyke's gonna come back for his junior year and or his senior year, and he's probably going to transfer away from miami i just don't think that he's vibing with how this is going um so i really don't think that he's going to stick around at miami and he could still go to the draft hear me out he could still go to the draft but if you think about it i just named you five quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round tyler van dyke is going to be the sixth quarterback taken there's not a lot of times or at least I that. Okay. Here we go. And th- there's the other part of this is, is he the sixth best quarterback in this class? I don't know. Stetson Bennett. He's looked solid for Georgia. Grayson McCall at coastal Carolina. He's looked solid. My dog agrees. Um, he's looked solid at coastal Carolina. Am I going to say Tyler Van Dyke's better than them? No, I'm not. And so if you get to that six, seven, eight, possibly ninth range. I haven't even mean, talked about Sam Hartman at Wake Forest, who's definitely going to be higher than him. By the way, Sam Hartman also knocking on the door of the first round, in my opinion. But like, there's just that's another person. He's definitely not above Sam Hartman. So if you're the seventh best quarterback in a class, are you really gonna go out in the draft? That sounds really short sighted. It, it it will get you will get the paycheck, you will get the money. I think he should transfer and come back in uh, next year's class is more manageable at least to get up into that top. Cause you got Caleb Williams and I mean, you know, who, who knows else past that, but this class is just so loaded with quarterbacks. I would not be, it would not be the year for me if I was, if I was going to come out. So Tyler Van Dyke, I would definitely see coming back. Um, that leads us to the other one, which is Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, has looked not great at South Carolina. Uh, it, it's been a disaster. And I know there's been a lot of people, including myself, that have said that, you know, he could have been uh, baby Mahomes. Maybe maybe people were saying that. Maybe somebody on this podcast, maybe me, said that at one point in time. He's not that. It's not that. And I don't really and can't really tell you exactly why it's not working out for him, um, but it's not. And I don't think that he is going, if he comes out in this draft, it's not going to be a very high draft pick. It's going to be maybe, maybe even undrafted. Like that's how bad I think. Um, So I'm thinking he's going to come back to Spencer Rattler. And I I hope he does, because I think there is still time for him to develop into a good quarterback and eventually. And I I still think that he could eventually put it together, but it's just, it's not going to be this year. And, I just wouldn't want to go up against the competition in this because there's at least six guys where he's definitely going to go lower than them and I just, you know, it's it's frustrating to watch but it's just the way of the road to be honest with you it's just the way of the road which does bring me to Sam Hartman they played Clemson last week And we had questions like Sam Hartman was in a good offense. They didn't play a lot of defense. You were, you know, we knew that he was going to be really good against every bad team that he played. He was always going to put up numbers. Even if they had a decent defense, he was going to be able to put up numbers. So now that when they actually played a good defense in Clemson, he was able to go toe to toe with that defense. He was definitely probably the best player on that field out there on, in that game, 20 for 29, over 300 yards, six touchdowns—like the kid was phenomenal. And in my opinion, as well, also a first-round talent. Now, I would say the the knock on him is going to be that the style that Wake Forest plays—it's very conducive to good offense, but it's not—you know—is it you know, is it necess- you know it, it's? I think it's going to be held against him how the offense plays because they're out there for a lot of series because the defense isn't very good. And I think other ple- people that are going to be penalized for being in good offenses and good defenses, you know, I don't think you can do that. But here we are, and I think that there, you know, six, seven quarterbacks that at least could be in the first round discussion. Said this before the year; it wasn't exactly the names that I thought it was going to be, but you know, it, it shook out whether I liked it or not. I did not expect Hendon Hooker to have this kind of rise. His Ascension this year has just been amazing to watch, and I'm very happy with that. Um, as far as like the other players in the class go, like Zach Evans has been good, um, Marvin Mims has been solid for wide receiver. I haven't talked about him a lot. Um, defense side, um, I got to see up close and personal Felix and Duque Uzama for Kansas State and got to see him play against Oklahoma. And let me tell you what—he is going to be a problem at the pass rush position. He was very effective, and it was taking two uh, Oklahoma guards at a time to hold him back. And even then, they were having a lot of trouble. That guy has a machine on him. And I'm telling you, anybody who is in here for IDP, um, who's looking for a defensive pass rusher, you know, if you don't, if you miss out on the Will Andersons, you miss out on the Andre Carter's. Like, you, you miss out on those top guys. Felix U- Nduke Uzama is a guy that is definitely going to be uh, very useful to have, honestly, at at the the next couple weeks or next year, I think. Um, maybe not right away, but he will get his place up there because he's very good. And I am, am excited to see him.
2: Okay, let's just, you know, we're
1: halfway through. So let's just move on to week five. So there are some tasty matchups coming up here, including one that is a ranked matchup where a lot of people are disrespecting them. And that is Kentucky versus Mississippi State. That is the first game we're going to talk about. That is my marquee game of the week. And it's all about two players Will Levis for Kentucky. Um, I think he has shown that he did not, you know, it wasn't just all a Wandale Robinson thing for Kentucky it was Will Levis is Will Levis he is very good um they're actually going to get we're actually going to get to see Chris Rodriguez again which is amazing he's back from suspension um for some off the field incidents and they couldn't have come at a better time because they have needed a solid run game this whole entire season and they finally have one because Chris Rodriguez Rodriguez is that guy and you know it's good to, it's going to be good to see two solid running backs in this game um, with on the other side, Zach Evans is going to be going at it for Old Miss. Zach Evans hasn't always been the best running back on the team this year, which I, on one hand, you can say, well, okay, Billy, this is his first year at Old Miss. He transferred from TCU there, so obviously he maybe isn't wasn't exactly in the plans at the beginning of the season, but I really thought he would transcend that. Now I've had him at number two for a while. I, after, you know, the Jameer Gibbs train derailed and we had to find who is the RB two in this class. And I've landed on Zach Evans because i just like the way that Zach Evans runs. I think it's actually Sean Tucker, to be honest with you. I think that is who our RB two is in this class. Um, but, but, it seems to be changing by the week. So who knows? Zach Evans could go off in this game and all of a sudden I'm looking silly. Um, Kentucky being not favored in this game, even though they are the seventh-ranked team in the country, should tell you exactly how A Vegas views it and B how betters view it, because they have bet that line up from six to seven. So a lot of people are thinking old Miss and Lane Kiffin are gonna go in there and, and beat Kentucky, but I'm I'm all I don't know. I'm indifferent. I'm just hoping Kentucky and Will Levis can actually just prove everyone wrong in that aspect because I think they can, and I think they will. So I I can't kind of can't wait to see that one, um, to be honest with you. Um, Alabama-Arkansas is actually another fun game to go at that. So on the Alabama side of the ball, Bryce Young, I don't have a lot of questions. He is the one thing holding that entire team together. Um, I'm not going to lie. They are super lucky to have Bryce Young. Because the the running the running backs on the team aren't amazing. Uh Jameer Gibbs is pretty much been allocated as like just pass like pass catching work. Uh he doesn't really run that much. Jason McClellan took over for him. Jason McClellan does not look great either, but he's also younger. He's not available to be drafted in 2023. So there's you know, there's a development process going on there. Um, but as far as like the wide receivers go, Jermaine Burton, no. No, no, I I just, he's not dominant. And and to me, you have to be dominant. And I know that the argument against myself in this is that Chris Olave has looked amazing for the Saints this year. And I only talked bad about him last season because he was getting outplayed by, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Garrett Wilson. But I I don't know. I, I just can't do it. I can't say a player that is not dominant on their own team you know jameson williams was on this team last year and man put up 1300 plus yards one season with with Bryce young burton coming over from georgia has not been able to replicate that success and i don't i don't think that there is a wide receiver on this team that is eligible um that is somebody that we're going to be looking at in this draft it's weird to not have an alabama wide receiver that isn't you know an automatic draft him kind of guy but I don't think they have a running. Well, Jameer Gibbs will be good in later rounds in uh, dynasty drafts, but as far as an upfront talent, no, doesn't have it. Um, on the Arkansas side of things, so we got Drew Sanders and Bumper Pool on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they had all they could handle with Texas A&M last week. That was not exactly promising from their side of 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 life. But I would like to see. Arkansas make this interesting now, Alabama, 17 point favorites, which should tell you the kind of disrespect that they have for Arkansas, but I don't know. I'm kind of hoping it'll be close. Um, Ohio state plays Rutgers this week. And while this game is not going to be close, I don't think at, at all, even, I mean, this point spreads nearly 40 points. I would love to see this Ohio state offense, be full again is the only reason i'm mentioning it jackson smith and Jigba is out and he has no time to be able to, to come back from he has a hamstring injury that's kept him out and uh Treyon henderson was hurt last week um i just can we put it together guys like i just need to see these players that are supposed to be these world talents out on the field and performing and we're not and that is very sad to see It is unfortunate, but, you know, alas, we move on. All right, Wake Forest plays Florida State this week. Um, Florida State I've talked about on this podcast a couple of times. I don't really have any new information about them as far as draft prospects go. I think they're just a very good team. I don't think they're necessarily a great team. Um, The Wake Forest side of things, Sam Hartman is incredible. And the interesting thing about this game to me is that Florida State is the favorite in this game by a touchdown. I think that is a huge mistake. I, because when I saw Florida State play uh, Louisville, I was actually at the game. I didn't think Florida State was all that good. And they do are getting, you know, this, this fun little four and run that they're on right now. It's, it's cool. You know, Florida State's back. Uh, we, we lost out on that huge draft prospect that chose Jackson State over us, but we're still here. We're still here. I think this is a Wake Forest blowout in my opinion like i just don't see how that's even how it's even going to be a question to be honest i i just i believe highly in wake forest and what i saw them do against clemson now some people could say well they're going to have a letdown game after playing they were let down in that clemson game they lost so i think they're going to come back with a ferocity and this will be a great this will be a great signature win for sam hartman in this season and i can't wait to watch them um another marquee game for this week is clemson versus nc state um a lot of people are saying that nc state is overrated i cannot say i disagree with you there they are number 10 in the country um devin leary is supposed to be a all-world quarterback but i, uh, I don't know i don't know i've seen a lot of up and down from him um i actually have him in a Devi league which is, is kind of funny because i've been able to follow him even closer and literally like one week he'll be great next week bad one week he'll be great next week bad he's just been like you know when there's a bad team on the on the field he's going to crush it when there's a good team on the field not always the best um stats wise not always the best looking so i think clemson's not going to have much trouble in this game i really don't i think this will be a good good way to boost the clemson stock even further um But, you know, we'll see. But I I think that this is a a good spot for Clemson to be in. Um, And then the last one I want to talk about is USC versus Arizona. I was kind of impressed with Oregon State last week when they played USC because I think the USC offense is really good. And to see what they did against USC for basically three and a half quarters of that football game was awesome. And that shows signs of life for – um lincoln riley not being very good at you know the whole offensive scheme thing because you're you're not short on talent there this is on you bud um but hater point aside jordan addison i think is going to be the wide receiver one when my initial rankings come out on our idp army website um he's just really dependable and i think that you know Anytime he gets thrown the ball, Caleb Williams is almost assured that that's going to be a catch, and he was like that. you know. Jordan Addison played with Kenny Pickett last year, made Kenny Pickett a first-round pick. Sorry, that's just the way of the road. Kenny Pickett is good without Jordan Addison, but he would not have been near as good with without him. I just refuse to believe that. Uh, Jordan Addison was the best wide receiver in the country last year, and I think we're just continuing the trend this year. I think he's the best wide receiver in the country this year. And I think he is going to be the first wide receiver taken in the NFL draft. Um, if you, whenever those odds come out, I will be smashing the Jordan Addison stock because here's the thing. It's, it's one thing to be touted like Jackson Smith and Jigba who has not by, not by his own fault, not played very much this season because of injury. Um, there's another to be Kayshawn Booty or Quentin Johnston who are on terrible offenses and clearly the thing is clearly the quarterbacks do not trust them enough to elevate that offense. In my opinion, even if you were on a bad team, you should be showing up and showing out each and every week. I am not, this is not a, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to these guys, but it's just, and it's probably the offensive coordinator's fault partially, but I would be, Demanding the ball every single play, make them stop me, and if they are stopping you, that is concerning. If they're not, like, because especially Quentin Johnston, TCU played SMU last week. SMU's bad defense. Quentin Johnston was barely out there. Like, ba- he was out there. He was barely used. That is wildly concerning to me, because he it he should be the best player on that football field. He was not. He was not. And, like, skills-wise, he is. But as far as usage, he's not. If Max Dugan can't figure out how to get Quentin Johnston the ball, that's not good to me. Like, that is really, really strange. And I know that, like, you know, the arguments are going to be that, like, it's the Ferrari in the garage. Like, I get it. I just have a little worry about it. You know, it's just one of those concerns to me that I can't uh, quite understand. Um. Oh, and yeah, before we get out of here real quick, but I kind of need to go back to week four midge Texas. Thank you. Although Oklahoma, my favorite team lost Kansas state in another heartbreaking, confusing loss. Seeing Texas, blow a game they should easily have won against texas tech just warms my heart it was just great to see i i it's a fantastic uh longhorn loss um i definitely was smiling even though i was you know crying after that because kansas state just for some reason can figure out how to play oklahoma very strange but okay That is all I have for this week on the tailgate next week. I will not be here. It'll just be Joe, I think. (laughs) Um, But if he is going to do the podcast and he does is able to figure out how to get it out because the software is on my computer. um, We're just going to go over the big board. I'm going to put the first big board out and we're going to, hopefully he can break it down for everyone on the podcast. But I know people have been kind of wondering what my rankings are and what my process is. And I realize I need to get that out to the people, but I needed to get a couple weeks because how pathetic would it have been if I put out the rankings at the first week of this season and I had players that we are not even talking about anymore still up there. Like I just couldn't do it. Like Jameer Gibbs would have been running back two. He's not running back two. He's he's given his spot up and I don't think he should be even running back five. But again, this is something we're going to get into in a later date and we're going to get into it next week with joe so in two weeks from now i will see you all later thank you for tuning in go watch college football this weekend it's going to be a blast of a slate i cannot wait to see what happens this week but peace
2: out